because if you take that mark, it's now altered your gen genetics to make you something other than an image bearer of God, something other than humans. So there's no redemption, just like Satan attempted with the Nephilim wow. in the days of Noah. Welcome to the Tipping Point Show. I'm Jimmy Evans. I'm so glad that you joined me today. Today I have joining me again, Ryan Peterson. He's written a phenomenal book called Return of the Nephilim. We're gonna be talking about that in just a minute. Before we go there, let me just say, we're taking our trip to Israel uh, from November the 29th through December the 8th. Pastor Ed Young and myself, we're taking a big group. We want you to be a part of it. We're gonna to tour the land, uh, the land of the Bible, you know, the Holy Land. And uh, Pastor Ed and I will both be teaching at different locations in Israel there. And by the way, we have five-star buses that are going to the best hotels, the best places. We have economy buses. So when you sign up for the group, you can, there's different price ranges there that you can sign up for. If you've never been to Israel, if you've been many times, I'm telling you, every time I go, it is a huge blessing to go back. You, you'll never read the Bible the same when you've been to the land of Israel. So if you haven't signed up, go to endtimes.com, go there where it just talks about the Israel tour and get more information there and sign up. We would love to have you be a part of the trip. And I'd love to meet you there uh, in Israel and, and get to know you better. I can't wait to shake a lot of hands, get to know a lot of people over there. So be sure and do that if you haven't already. Ryan, thank you for joining me again today. Jimmy, thank you so God much for having me. Well, you've done a great job. The, the last show, if you guys haven't seen that show, I know that some of you are watching on YouTube, others, you're, you're subscribers and you're watching this right now. It was a phenomenal show and I, I learned a lot. There were some shocking things in that show to me. The things that you that you have found because you, you've researched this thoroughly, the issue of the Nephilim. It's a major issue. You know, when you don't understand the issue of the Nephilim, it, it, it really, you're reading a lot of things in the Bible that you don't understand. That's right. And you talked about that on the last show and you talk about it in your book, The Judgment of the Nephilim. So we're gonna be talking about the final Nephilim in the end times now, so the, why did you write this book? Why, and why did you title it The Final Nephilim? Sure, well, you know, I really ended uh, the first book, Judgment of the Nephilim, kind of on a cliffhanger. You know, it's, we've talked about the reason why understanding Genesis 6 is so important. Right. When we understand the past, it makes the Bible make more sense. It bolsters right. our witness for God, but it also helps us understand the future. Jesus Christ said in Matthew 24, if we want to understand what the world is going to be like in the final years before his return, he said, as it was in the days of Noah. Right. So my real inspiration was to, to, to look into scripture, now look into revelation and prophecy to see what was it about that era that's going to take place and be mirrored in the end times. So your first chapter is the beginning of the end. What, what does that mean? Yeah, so uh, the... Isaiah chapter 46, God makes an amazing proclamation in verse 10. He says that if basically he's saying to the Israelites through the prophet, if you want to know how I am God, the most high, El Elyon, above the fallen angels, above principalities, above the demons, it's prophecy. And God says that he basically banks his name on prophecy. Right. He says, I have declared the end from the beginning and from ancient times that which shall be. Then God is the only, Yahweh is the only being who can tell the future. And so in this, God also gives us an interesting principle. He says that he's already told us the end times from the beginning. And so what I demonstrate is that there's a really um, kind of amazing pattern. In Hosea, God says he uses similitudes, that things repeat. There's a repetition in Scripture where God uses the earliest right. events in Scripture in the Old Testament to foreshadow the end times. And so I think to really properly understand 
the prophecies of Revelation, you have to go back to the earliest events of the Bible. Well, in the Jewish mind, you know, in, in the Western mind, we say, well, that already happened. It's not going to happen again. In the Jewish mind, it's, it happened. It's going to happen again. You know, that, that was a pattern. So, so Satan in the Old Testament, we, we talked on the last show, he was trying to prevent the birth of Messiah, and he failed. And so by polluting the, the, the gene pool of humanity, he was trying to prevent the birth of a pure bloodline that would be the Messiah. Okay, well, he failed. So now in this book, you're talking about the Nephilim in the last days. So what is the purpose of bringing back the Nephilim? If Satan failed the first time, what's he up to now? It still all comes back to Jesus Christ. The devil is trying to once again prevent the return of Jesus. And how can he do this? Well, when we look in Matthew chapter 23, when Jesus is weeping over Israel after they've rejected him on the, on the you know, uh, of the rejection of him as Messiah, he makes an interesting proclamation. He says, you shall not see me again henceforth until you say, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. So the prophetically, Jesus Christ linked his second coming to Israel, acknowledging him as Messiah, as right. Yeshua HaMashiach. Right. And so, so where does the Nephilim come into this? Well, the final Nephilim, who I believe is the Antichrist, he's the ultimate deception to try and prevent that from happening. He's going to present himself as Israel's Messiah to, prevent, to, to lure them away and deceive them because if they don't acknowledge Christ, Christ says he won't, they won't see him. He will not return. It's directly linked. And so now this is Satan's final attempt to try to once again stop the coming of Messiah. So you talk about, in one of your chapters, foreshadows of the beast, and you make some connections between the Antichrist and Judas and Nebuchadnezzar. So talk about that. Sure. Well, we already, you already mentioned this idea of this repetition. I call it quantum repetition, that the Bible's repeating right. events all the way to their final fulfillment in prophecy. So when we look at Judas... I believe he is a foreshadow, a type of the Antichrist. And there's some interesting details about him. So one, we see that Judas uh, is, the only other, is the only person outside of the Antichrist who's called by Jesus the son of perdition. Right, that's the title that the Apostle right. Paul uses for the Antichrist, right. of course, in, in the New Testament. Additionally, in John chapter 6, speaking of the disciples, Jesus says, I've not, have I not chosen you 12? And refers to Judas and says, one of you yet is a devil. Right. And that term for devil in Greek is diabolos, which is the term that's used for the devil. It's not the term for the demons when they're called devils. That's demonion. So he's, he again refers to him, to Judas, as the devil. Wow. And then uh, I think another interesting aspect of Judas's life is that he's the only person in the entire Bible who is literally possessed by Satan. That's right. And we see that again, um, right. where Satan indwells Judas at the time he goes to the Pharisees to yes. betray Christ. Yes. And so all these things, I think, foreshadow, uh, foreshadow the Antichrist, and Judas is one of those. So you think the Antichrist is going to try to prevent Jesus from coming? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's his mission. Just like Judas did. So what are the roles of the sons of God? Genesis 6 talks about the sons of God. Um, what do you, so they're going to be back in the end times. You, you believe that the sons of God are going to come back. Are they here right now? 
Well, well, no. So the sons of God who you know committed this sin in Genesis six, we're told in Jude and Second Peter chapter two that they are locked in chains under darkness right. in the abyss. But it says until the judgment of the great day, and I believe that great day, that judgment is the great tribulation when they're released. And so, and where where that happens, I believe, is at the fifth trumpet in Revelation chapter nine. And this is when we see the abyss. You know, this angel falls from heaven is given the key to the bottomless pit. And I believe that Satan, by the way, that he unlocks the bottomless pit to release these beings that are called locusts. And, and we, we talked about this in the last episode how they have these hybrid. Uh, appearances and right. they, they have the face right. of a man, right. hair of a woman, and how they torment the unbelieving world. So, and when you think about this idea of repetition, it, and as it was in the days of Noah, what we really see is a repetition of the flood judgment. In the days of Noah, you had water come from the windows of heaven, but also the fountains of the deep. The right. judgment came from the ground and the sky. In the Great Tribulation, you have another flood, but it's, an, it's a fallen angelic flood because you have now the bottomless pit, the fountains wow. of the deep are open, wow. and these fallen angels come out from Genesis 6. But then also we see in Revelation 12, the remainder of the fallen angels are cast out and evicted from heaven and now come to earth. So it's really this repetition of the days of Noah. Okay, talk about the 150 days. Sure. So we see that the interesting details of Scripture, and this is why I love taking our time in Scripture, because it, right. we're told that these locusts, the Genesis 6 apostate angels, when they're unleashed, uh, they torment the unbelieving world, those who don't have the seal of God in their forehead for five months. And what I connect this to, this five months or 150 days in the Hebrew calendar, that takes us all the way back to Genesis, to the days of Noah. When you look at the chronology of the flood in Genesis chapter 8, the floodwaters were restrained and brought back into the fountains of the deep after 150 days. And that was the time when those angels were then dragged onto the abyss. So they watched their kingdom crumble, their Nephilim offspring die in the flood. They lost their wives and all their treasures and riches got destroyed for 150 days. They were tormented. Then they were dragged down to the abyss and chained. And now when they're unleashed, they now torment the unbelieving world for that same time. Oh my gosh. Now that That is amazing. I mean, I, I'm glad you've I'm glad you figured that out. <laughs> I would have never seen that. But that is amazing because yes. when you see these are the fallen angels that are being, they're, they're reserved in chains of darkness. So that judgment. Now, you also talk about the four angels of the Euphrates. Okay. So talk about that. Sure. So this is going to uh, continue to blow your mind. Okay. Right? So we have the fifth trumpet, of course, but we talk yeah. about the locusts, but then the sixth trumpet we see these four angels. And I believe these were probably the four most powerful angels of that era kind of the generals released from the Euphrates, which by the way, that was the original border of the promised land when you go back to Abraham. That's, right. That's God's battle line against the rest of the now, world. You believe these four angels were fallen angels? Absolutely, yes. And they are now, because it says they were bound. So they were chained up just like their other angels in the abyss. And then when they're released from, from the Euphrates, it says that they judge, their judgment is on the world. It says, it again, gives a time frame. It says for a year, this is they were prepared for a year, a month, a day, and an hour. Which again, on the Hebrew calendar, a year is 360 days, right. a month is 30. That takes us to 391 days. An hour takes us to the 392nd day. So why does that matter? Well, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, but he said, likewise, as it was in the days of Lot. He connects the days of Noah and the yeah. days of Lot together yeah. several times. Yeah. When you look at the chronology, 
from the flood. We see this in Genesis chapters 10 and 11, because we're told our facts it was born two years after the flood. So we can see, we can count it. To the time that Jesus came to see Abraham to tell him he was going to judge Sodom and Gomorrah, because he was 99 years old at that time, it's 392 years. So again, we see the fifth trumpet, days of Noah, the sixth trumpet, days of Lot. As oh it was. my gosh. That is absolutely amazing. Now, so again, so you're you're saying from the time of the flood to the time that Jesus, or the time that they came to see Abraham when Lot was going to be, when Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, 392 years. Exactly. And then to even get deeper into this, to show even more compelling biblical proof that this is a repetition of the days of, of Lot, we see the judgment uh, of Sodom and Gomorrah was fire and brimstone, destroy right. the city. The four angels of the Euphrates who had this army, this massive fallen angelic army, it says that the, the horses that they have kill one third of the human population yes. by fire, smoke, and brimstone. The exact oh same gosh. judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh my gosh. I have never seen that before. So th I mean, that is amazing. 392, I mean, goodness gracious. It's just amazing how scripture is so exact. You know, it's phenomenal. Yeah. It is phenomenal. And this is why studying prophecy is so it's it, how can it not comfort us to know that God's word is alive and so powerful. So in Revelation 17, you talk about the return of the Antichrist and you look at a very complex chronology there. So talk about that. Sure. So the angel who is kind of guiding John the Revelator to show him and explain these visions is explaining this seven headed beast that he's seeing before him. Right. And he says the seven heads are seven kings. And he gives this interesting sequence about these kings. He says five are falling, meaning they're dead. One is and one is yet to come. And then it says the beast, referring to the Antichrist, he says that comes out of the abyss, he is the eighth and is of the seventh and, and goes, goes into perdition. Right. And so what I explain is that this spirit, I believe the fallen angel, angelic spirit of Apollyon, Abaddon, who comes out of the abyss at yep. the fifth trumpet, I believe yep. will indwell the Antichrist. That spirit, that fallen angel has been permitted to indwell seven leaders throughout biblical history. And I identify them, who I believe were satanic mystery kings throughout history. And what the angel is telling John, because I, I put Revelations writing at 96 AD. He's saying at that time, 96 AD, Five of these kings have already died and lived and died. And one was alive at that time, who I believe was Emperor Domitian, the ruler of Rome at that time. And then one is to come and the Antichrist will be the final iteration and release of this beat. Hey, listen, to see the rest of this interview with Ryan Peterson, I want you to go to endtimes.com and become a subscriber, $7 a month, $77 a year. Not only do you get the entire interview today and the Tipping Point show every week, the entire Tipping Point show you get Dr. Mark Hitchcock's podcast that comes out typically on Thursdays, Marking the Times. It's a phenomenal podcast. All of our articles that come out all week long, breaking news. Endtimes.com, $7 a month, $77 a year. It's an absolute bargain to get the information that we provide. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today.